Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. So banning menthol is like a big hurry up and wait moment. It's like a classic regulation moment in that sense. I'm Annie Reese. All right, cool. This is Politico Dispatch. It's been years and years and years in the making. We finally get to the point and, oh, there are a few like... I's that need to be dotted and T's that need to be crossed that could actually make the whole thing fall through. Catherine Foley reports on the FDA, which is on the cusp of banning menthol cigarettes. The Center for Tobacco Products is just over 10 years old, and they've been trying to ban menthol cigarettes for basically as long as they've been in existence because it's been widely known that they are disproportionately harming Black health. And now that we're here... People with ties to the tobacco industry are trying absolutely everything they can to make sure that it doesn't go through. On the show today, what it took for the FDA to get to a potential ban and the fights yet to come. About a year ago, the FDA said that they were going to ban menthol cigarettes. So where are we at with that today? Well, it's a pretty exciting time for tobacco regulation, if that's your thing. We would expect that to come out probably today or maybe tomorrow, which would be a year after FDA first said it would do this. So in the rulemaking process, FDA has already gone through the the White House's review and it's been bounced back to FDA. So any day now. Why are they targeting menthol specifically? Oh, boy. Uh, So menthol is a characterizing flavor in cigarettes that makes them a lot less harsh, and they make up about a third of all cigarette sales. And what we've realized over the years, what scientists have realized over the years, is that these cigarettes are disproportionately used by Black people, by Latina people, by queer communities, and by low-income communities. And that's in part due to targeted marketing on the tobacco industry's part. So the tobacco industry for years has been saying, has been marketing these products to these groups specifically. But with Black people, it's most noticeable, I would say, or most egregious. Mm -hmm. Over eight out of 10 Black smokers use menthol cigarettes. And what that means is Black people are disproportionately harmed by menthol cigarettes. I think there was a study that came out last year that said, you know, Black people make up about 12% of the U.S. population, but incur about half of the of all of the death and disease related to menthol, which is wow. a lot. So banning menthol cigarettes would be a way to improve Black health, which is super important. As we've seen with the pandemic, the disparities are vast, and this is this is one of those ways. So why is this contentious then if we have so much evidence, like it sounds like we do, that these menthol cigarettes are harming people? Yeah, that's a great question. And the short answer is money. But money, of course, is like disguised as a lot of other things. So this proposed ban has been in the works for over a decade. FDA has known that uh, menthol cigarettes were disproportionately harming Black people since back in, in 2001 when their external advisory committee convened a study and told them this. So FDA has actually tried to ban menthol cigarettes in the past, but for whatever reason, it hasn't made it through that White House review part or 
you know, they, they were, they wanted to slow down for one reason or another. And it got to the point where groups that are concerned with black people's public health, like the African American Tobacco Control Leadership Council being, being a predominant one of them, mm-hmm. has actually sued FDA for failing to take action in a timely manner. So they've said, you know, you know, this is harmful. We've told you this is harmful. You're not regulating this. We're going to sue. And that's actually an ongoing lawsuit. FDA is trying to scrap it because they say that by taking action through this proposed rule, that'll be enough. And if that does happen later today or tomorrow, we would expect the rule to, you know, or we would expect the lawsuit to be thrown out. Mm but still hasn't happened yet. And so a lot of the reasons that this hasn't happened is because of some of the other rhetoric that is floating around menthol cigarettes, um, Mm. which has nothing really to do with health. What's the other rhetoric floating around? Well, there are a couple of different ideas, a lot of which people in the public health space would say don't really matter. So the first is this idea that it's actually harming Black people, or would be more harming to Black people, to take away the cigarettes that they prefer. There's this element of choice that a lot of people have really focused on, and saying, you know, it's not right to take away somebody's favorite choice, but not other people's favorite choice mm. of a cigarette. So, some of the public health experts I've spoken with have said that's not real. That's sort of turning the problem on its head, right? Mm. If you've been marketed menthol cigarettes for years, the intent was to not give you a choice or to to make you choose one way. Your choice wasn't really your own. It's not really a question of free will. If you're being heavily, heavily targeted by advertisements um, to smoke these products that we know have really dangerous health consequences. So the other argument that we've been seeing more in recent weeks is conflating um, police brutality uh, with this menthol ban. And so a lot of um, some prominent people in the civil rights space have started saying that, you know, they're concerned that a ban on menthol cigarettes would lead to more dangerous interactions uh, between Black people and law enforcement, which is, um, it's a very real, it's a very real fear to have. But there's one issue, and that's that the FDA has nothing to do with policing people. They can only tell manufacturers to stop making products. So FDA has no way of impacting if anyone has possession of any of these products. That's out of their domain. Yeah. They're the regulator of tobacco products, not who has them. So how big a hit on industry or how big a deal would a ban on menthol cigarettes be? Well, menthol cigarettes make up about a third of all cigarette sales if as of recent years. And if we're estimating that the cigarette industry is like $220 billion, that's like, what, 70-ish billion mm-hmm. dollars that we're talking about. So that's a huge hit to the tobacco industry. Um, and, you know, this ban, when the proposed rule comes out, won't happen overnight, mm-hmm. right? Like with the rulemaking process, FDA is legally required to have 60 days where anybody can make a comment on the proposed rule. And then FDA also must respond to each and every one of these comments. FDA has opened comments about banning menthol cigarettes in the past, and they've had thousands, thousands, hundreds of thousands of comments mm-hmm. on these rules. So, which is, you know, another tactic that industry or other people who aren't happy with the ban may use to try to delay its implementation. So, what we would expect to see is that, you know, the tobacco industry may say we'd really like to get more than just 60 days to 
comment on this. And then uh, once the comment period closes and FDA goes through everything, we would expect it to go back to the Office of Management and Budget in the White House and then for it to become a finalized rule. And when that happens, there is a pretty good likelihood that it would take that the tobacco industry would sue FDA over this mm. rule. So it's going to be a long battle, or a long process. Yeah. Like if we were to be optimistic, we would say within a year it would take effect. But that's like really optimistic thinking. It might be even longer. However, as I've said, you know, FDA is in the middle of this ongoing lawsuit about because they haven't taken action on uh, menthol cigarettes so far. So it's also likely that that lawsuit would get kicked back in his, into gear. Other folks would would get on board because this has been nearly a decade in the making. Where are the politics at on this? So it's a great question. And actually, it's there's sort of a young, younger and older lawmaker split. And, mm-hmm. and Congress can't actually impact FDA directly. Congress gave FDA authority to regulate tobacco way back in 2009. But they can, of course, have their opinions about things and, and maybe ask FDA to provide them um, for justification as to why it made a certain decision. And what we've seen actually in recent years is some of the members of the Congressional Black Caucus have actually flipped before they were pretty opposed to this ban on menthol cigarettes, you know, saying it really targets black smokers and, you know, takes away one of their choices. But now we're seeing a lot of lawmakers actually say that it's really important for black health and for public health in general. So that's sort of where we are. But again, it would take an awful lot for Congress to intervene with FDA in this way. We'll see if that's something that happens down the line. Mm-hmm. The Center for Tobacco Products was created to regulate tobacco products. And when they were first created, like signed into law in 2009, they actually got rid of all flavored cigarettes. So except for menthol. So there used to be all kinds of flavored cigarettes on the market. And the it's like the Family Tobacco Control Act or something like that. Um, banned all flavored cigarettes, but, you know, the tobacco industry still had flavored cigars, which they're also expected to ban in the, the next coming days. Um, menthol cigarettes, which they're trying to ban. And now, as a result, flavored e-cigarettes, which are still in the works. So the whole idea is to try to improve public health by, like, decreasing the number of people who smoke combustible cigarettes. And, like, the tricky thing is that now... You know, it's always like the industry is always trying to find one step ahead. So the industry is always saying like, well, what about this? What about this? And nicotine is a super addictive substance. And we could talk for like hours about this. But like, actually, it's the the Center for Tobacco Products is one of the ways that, in my opinion, FDA could have the biggest impact on public health. Because, yes, they are, you know, reviewing all of these therapeutics that could save lives for previously incurable or untreatable conditions. But you know, smoking kills half a million people a year um, through the various diseases that it causes. And so if you could find a way to reduce the harm from tobacco, I'm not saying like get rid of all tobacco products entirely, but but really reduce harm, you could save a lot of lives, mm-hmm. um, way more than than people would be taking any given drug. And actually the same goes for the, the food side of things too. If you could improve nutrition, that would improve so many parts of public health. Catherine Foley, thank you so much for talking with me. Thank you so much for having me. Also in the news, a Minnesota state investigation launched after George Floyd's killing in the custody of four Minneapolis police officers has determined that the department engages in a pattern of race discrimination. 
Minnesota's Department of Human Rights announced the finding on Wednesday after a nearly two-year probe. The department has the power to enforce the state's Human Rights Act, which makes it illegal for police departments to discriminate against someone due to their race. And, according to a new analysis by a Muslim-American civic group, nearly 1.1 million Muslim voters cast a ballot in the 2020 election, numbers large enough to swing the presidential race in key battleground states. The report found that 71% of registered Muslim voters in the U.S. went to the polls that year, an uptick of two percentage points compared to 2016, and four points higher than the nationwide turnout level in 2020. Today's episode of Politico Dispatch included music composed by the mysterious Rigmaster Cylinder. Be sure to follow Politico Dispatch if you haven't yet, and if you can, leave us a rating and review. It helps more people find the show. I'm Annie Reese. Thanks so much for listening.